I ask that you keep in your thoughts tonight and in our land those who are vulnerable and destitute and those who are alone. I ask that you give what you can to alleviate their burden, to contribute to the Solidarity Fund in any way that you can. The President called on South Africans to help the most vulnerable as he announced an extension of the lockdown. It's a critical moment for millions who now face hunger as job losses escalate and their situations become desperate. But have South Africans heeded his call? What is happening on the ground as the COVID-19 crisis deepens? I'm Catherine Rice, and this is episode four of the COVID-19 Chronicles, a new podcast by News24. When the virus hit us and we went into lockdown, we literally had to amp up our production by over a thousand percent. We're now pumping out about 3,000 to 4,000 meals a day. That was Danny DeLibato, founder of Ladles of Love, an NPO which provides food for the homeless. They are also sending food parcels into a number of Cape Town townships. They have asked Cape Town residents across the city to help where they can, providing meals prepared in their homes. The, the homes just happened organically. So, uh, we were talking about a message went out, how about we get homes to start cooking, I mean, making sandwiches and cooking soup, etc. And that just mushroomed. It's, that's gone huge. Community action networks have also spread quickly. Residents in more affluent suburbs partner with volunteers in less affluent areas, raising money for those in need. Um, I like to call it humanity in action because what I've experienced and what I've seen since lockdown has been has has blown me away. The the kindness, the people coming together um, to help those in need has been. Um, I, I can't really put words to it. I have to be honest. It's it's been amazing. It's been wonderful. Businesses too have looked at innovative ways of helping. Kim Whitaker, who was one of the first South Africans to test positive for COVID-19 after returning from Germany, has changed the focus of her tourism business. Whitaker has reached out to others in the hospitality industry across the country in a bid to accommodate healthcare workers in the coming weeks and months. She says a Zoom call with entrepreneurs from around the world, including an Italian doctor, sparked the idea of accommodating healthcare workers and Ubuntu Beds was born. And someone asked, what you've done two weeks ago? And one of the, the entrepreneurs, who's also a doctor, said, well, I would have spoken to the hotels because they're all closed now, and I would have organised accommodation for our nurses and our doctors because um, they're, they're exhausted, they don't want to go home to their families, um, you know, they have to commute long hours, so many of them are just trying to, you know, sleep wherever they can, and they're not getting sufficient rest, etc. And the penny sort of dropped at that moment because I realised that our own hotel beds will be empty very soon. And I realised I think the best thing to do would be to create a platform where healthcare workers could individually sign up if they had a need. And so we launched a platform called Ubuntu Beds. Um, the idea is around the spirit of Ubuntu, which is basically the feeling that I am because of who we are as a community. 300 healthcare workers have already signed up and will be able to stay close to the hospitals where they work and at the same time protect their own families should they themselves contract the virus. 
we've had around uh, 2,000 beds pledged from uh, around 240 accommodation places. Um, and they're offering anything from a free room or a number of free rooms to a discounted rate. Precious Nala of NGO Africa Ticken has also had to change the way the organization operates. Its focus on the social development of people from toddlers to young adults has shifted to providing food and primary health care at their four centers in Johannesburg and one in Cape Town. They also have access you know, to primary health care and family support services at our centers. We've distributed over 4,000 food parcels, which means... 24,000 indirect beneficiaries have actually benefited from our food parcels. In rural KwaZulu-Natal, media analyst Tanya Khoury is raising money for food parcels for thousands of desperate people. At first, she came up against the politics involved in delivering the food. Because from a tribal perspective, remembering that KZN is Zululand as well, right? Tribal were confused about who was handing out and were the right people getting the goods. So after a pause in the project to try and resolve the politics, we are so fortunate to say that we have all tribal councils, 10, within our wards that are on the same page and are going to help us and assist us in delivering food. Curry says she's been inundated with pleas for help. The minute I put out that we have food parcels, you won't believe the response. My phone became a call center for the hungry. I gave out two. I gave two people my numbers, and within 24 hours, at least 700 calls a day. At least. And rioting is likely to increase across the country as more people face starvation. The level of rioting has gone up dramatically. The attack on on food parcel deliveries or the hijacks on them just shows you how hungry people are. You know, in Alex, they were promised food parcels. In Mitchell's Plain, they were promised food parcels and they never turned up, causing absolute chaos. Worse still is Sibyl King. Sibyl King doesn't have water either. Like the, these places were, they, they were hungry before lockdown, number one, but also importantly have had more than 50 years of neglect on the ground. So now that is, is showing up more than anything is, is our neglect over the past. It's resulting in a, a country that's on the brink of starvation. Although South Africans are stepping up to the plate, helping those less fortunate, it is clear that the challenge is almost insurmountable and that the government needs to swiftly increase its efforts when it comes to feeding the poor, as private citizens cannot provide all the necessary resources. The potential consequences of not addressing the problem decisively could plunge South Africa into its darkest days ever. This podcast was produced by Catherine Rice for News24.